Herb Jones is great defensively. Devontae Graham is killing it in that mid-range game. And Jonas Valanciunas is eating up the offensive boards. Three things that should make you optimistic or feel pretty good right now if you're a Pelicans fan. Let's break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. They're taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Not really going to do a preview on this one because, I don't, one, I don't like doing a ton of previews. Like, it's Trey Young. It's the Hawks. They're going to be really fun. It's a tough match up for New Orleans. Let's see what happens and then we'll talk about all of that stuff. And frankly, there were uh, three areas and three players I really wanted to kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive on that really played well against Minnesota in both those games to a certain degree and are going to kind of be key for New Orleans going forward right now without Zion Williamson and even when Zion Williamson returns. So we're going to look at Herb Jones and his defensive ability. We're going to look at Devontae Graham and his mid-range game, not his three-point shooting and why that's so important. And then Jonas Valanciunas and what he's able to do offensively and with most importantly, the second unit. So we're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week on all platforms for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No paywall or anything like that. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And please subscribe there. Comment. We have fun on, on YouTube in the comment sections talking about everything. So let's dive into it. Let's start with Herb Jones, who might be the biggest surprise, at least on, on my side of it. Uh, this season for New Orleans. If you all remember and been listening to the show for a while, I wasn't quite sure he was going to make an impact this year, right? Like second round picks just don't do that. Second round picks don't play a few minutes in their first game ever, game one of their NBA career, and then start games two, three, and four. It's basically unheard of for something like this. And then they don't make a positive impact if they're doing that. No second round pick so far this year has started. And that's to be expected. We should be. We should not be looking at these guys to be in the starting lineup. But Herb, Herb Jones is, and he's really freaking good. Not offensively, but they don't need him to do that yet. And I'll explain why coming up too. But defensively, this guy is an absolute monster. There's a reason the team in practice nicknamed him "Not on Herb." Because no one could score on him. And you saw it. You saw it with that opening possession in the Monday night game, the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, where the T-Wolves threw it down to Carl Anthony Towns, and he tried to go right at Herb Jones, and Herb Jones is just there, up and down, right? Not really being moved at all, just a brick wall, and it forces Carl Anthony Towns to just kind of like throw something up that he missed because you're not going to get that foul call anymore in the NBA. It was amazing. And then in the third quarter, when Anthony Edwards is going on a run and is kind of getting the Timberwolves back in this one, Herb Jones goes back to guard him and shuts him down. Brandon Ingram gets a monster dunk on him, by the way, which was kind of fun. And the momentum swings back in the favor of New Orleans. And they go on to, you know, not cruise to a victory, but stay in the lead the rest of the time. And when you look at those numbers, 
from Herb Jones in that win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. He guarded Anthony Edwards for 30, or sorry, not 30, for uh, 72 minutes in that one. Okay? You had Anthony Edwards in this game, the former number one overall pick, score 28 points in 40 minutes of action. Herb Jones guarded him for about seven minutes and 20 seconds of this one. It came to about 38 possessions. During that time, Anthony Edwards was one of five. That's it. He scored a total of four points. He had two turnovers and two assists. Everyone else did some damage during that time. But over the course of that period... He shut down Anthony Edwards whenever he was guarding him, essentially. Dude made one shot over him. He was one of five when Herb Jones was on him. When anyone else was guarding him, he was good. But not when Herb was, because not on Herb. It was an incredible performance to have a guy like that who comes in and can defend positions, what, you know, four different positions, maybe, maybe two through five, one through four, depending on how you want to look at it. You know, he clearly can guard centers, so probably two through five, maybe even throw him against some ones out there, some point guards. He can do it. It's it's an incredible accomplishment for a rookie. Offensively, there's not a whole lot there, and that makes you a little bit worried about starting him to a degree, right? Because the Pelicans have struggled offensively. They started to get things going against the Minnesota Timberwolves a little bit. But you know what? I don't care. He should be in the starting lineup. When you look at the numbers, he's got a positive plus minus of eight. Plus eight when he's on the court is what the Pelicans are this season. When he's off the court, they're a minus 16. That's insane. It's it's a huge swing. That's a, it's a 24 point swing essentially from when he's on the court versus not. Now he's with the starters. That helps him to a certain degree. But he's clearly not holding that unit back. And when you look at his net rating this year, when or the team's net rating with him on the court, and let me pull this up right now, it kind of tells the same story. You know, when you compare it to what their overall numbers are, it's loading as I'm doing this, so I'm kind of stalling for time a little bit here. But his net rating is 17.4 when he's on the court. For the Pel- or the Pelicans' net rating is 17.4 when he's on the court. When he's off the court, it's negative 31.2. They have a defensive rating this year of 107. When he of 107.1, when he's on the court it's 94.1. That is a huge freaking difference. It's a 13 point difference right there. Their offensive rating when he's on the court by the way, 111.5. They have an overall offensive rating of 99.3. He's not holding that offense or the offense back with the starting with the starters and with that first unit. It's fine that he doesn't really kind of contribute in that way, and he didn't the other night, but he doesn't need to. You know, he took one shot, and he's still plus minus of positive one in that win. That's an important number to have. He was really good, and you can kind of deploy him when you need to as kind of like a specialist, even defensively. That's a really important thing to be able to do, and I love what we saw from him. He's not holding the offense back. He's great defensively. They should keep Starting him. And they have other guys that can carry the offensive load, like Devontae Graham, who we're going to talk about coming up here in the next segment of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. You guys see me put my arms up earlier. You didn't see any pit stains on there whatsoever. 
it's because I use the Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. We've been talking about these for weeks too, right? The wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And finally, it seems people have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who've tr- have tried Sweatblock and they absolutely love it. We have another success story here about an avid soccer player. He heard us talking about Sweatblock and thought it was too good to be true, but he was always the wettest guy after practicing games, like soaking wet. So he thought he'd give Sweatblock a shot. He tried it on his pits and the next practice... His pits were dry while everyone else was wet. He says he didn't have to reapply for even nine days, and now he's a true believer in the Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. So there you go. Locked on listeners loving Sweatblock. They stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. They're doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and they have the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And not just for armpits. You can use them on your chest, back, feet, hands, and uh, anywhere. And I mean anywhere that sweats. So if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with our promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on over at sweatblock.com for 20% off. You can also get them over at Amazon or CVS. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and available five days a week, unless I have a power outage. And no one else is coming to you like this, talking all things Pelicans. This regularly breaking down all the things you want, stats, play-by-play breakdown, all of that. Game previews, kind of recaps what the big takeaways are. We'll get into trade targets and things like that soon, too. We've done some of that. A whole lot going on here. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. So we just went over Herb Jones. He should stay in the starting lineup. And look, I'm going to be really intrigued about a lineup of Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. I, look, I don't actually know if that's going to work, but it feels like that's going to be something kind of fun, and I can't wait to at least see it. But Devontae Graham was also really good against the Minnesota Timberwolves the other night, and he kind of did it in a way that we were not expecting from him. This is a guy that is known as a three-point shooter. He's a sniper, right? A guy that takes a large amount of threes on very high volume, makes them, and the idea is you put him out there on the court, and he's such a threat that teams need to actively defend him, and you can't sag off of him too much. So it spaces the court for Zion Williamson, right? He pulls a defender maybe out of the paint onto a guy like Devontae Graham. Let Zion work even easier, right? And get that field goal percentage up probably in the 70s when it comes to it. But that's not how it went for him the other night against Minnesota. He struggled with his three-point shot. He was one of six. He killed the Timberwolves in another area that really is going to open the game up, I think, for New Orleans as well, particularly when Zion Williamson comes back. And that was in the mid-range. When you look at his shot chart the other night, it's like all mid-rangers. He got a couple shots at the rim, but really where he did his damage is in that mid-range you know, area, right? Like that's an area you normally don't want players to shoot a ton of shots from unless they're good at it. And he showed off a craftiness to him that I was not expecting. It was a bit of a surprise to see him play the way that he did. Floaters, he banked one in, I think, too. He was great in that mid-range area, just kind of showing off a little bit of veteran craftiness, right? He took what the defense gave him. They know that he's got some speed and can drive in a straight line, but he's not great at finishing at the rim. Part of that's due to his size. But you know what? When you've got a defender off balance, when you're going at the rim, you pull up and shoot it. You can, if you can make that shot, you're going to have that almost every single time. No one's behind him. In front of him, they're sagging off trying to cover either Valanciunas or, in theory, Zion down low. He's going to have that midi game 
wide open all season long. The same reason why you've seen Brandon Ingram kill it from there, and he's a great shooter with it too. So if he has that, it, it does open up the offense some. It's not quite the same as three-point shooting, but it does start to pull defenders out. It's a little bit like a body blow in boxing, right? You're not always going for the head. You need to hit people in the stomach, the chest area to kind of get them thinking about that a little bit and a little bit concerned and kind of soften them up some. That's what this mid-range game is going to do. And it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about Valanciunas coming up, his offensive rebounding, because that mid-range game really opens up the offensive boards for New Orleans, something they should be aggressively attacking because they have strong offensive rebounders all season long. They were great at it last year. They should be even better at it this year, particularly with a guard like Devontae Graham, if this mid-range game is something he can actively do. When you shoot that mid-ranger and you start making a couple of them, defenders are going to take a step out towards you to at least like mildly contest that shot. They're going to take a step towards the free throw line away from the paint to mildly contest that shot. Just get a hand up. Again, he's undersized. You might actually have some some success blocking that in theory or making it a little bit difficult on a guy like Devontae Graham. But when you do that, even if Devontae Graham misses, that rebound is going to be grabbed by Zion Williamson or Jonas Valanciunas down low. That defender taking a step out three feet away more from the rim now gives the perfect positioning for Valanciunas and everything he needs to go out, get those, and put them right back in. And look, the putback type of score play is one of the best ones that you can have in the league. It's one of the most highest efficient shots. And so if you can do that and get a lot of those this year, sign me up. And we know how good Valanciunas can be at that. We know how good Zion can be at that. And it's, look, it's something that Valanciunas is getting a lot of. He's getting four possessions per game this season. That's tied for the lead, actually, with Steven Adams, of all players, to be able to go back and score on those putback situations. And it's because of that mid-range game he's able to grab offensive rebounds because defenders are a little bit out of position. It's nice to see Devontae Graham contribute in other ways. It also shows you the benefit and the importance of a guard that moves towards the rim and wants to try and play downhill. It's not just about scoring at the rim and points in the paint. It's what it does for other players. So the fact that he's aggressive, teams are kind of respecting that to a certain degree. It's letting guys like Valanciunas and will eventually, when he's back, let guys like Zion Williamson work even easier down low. Valanciunas had 23 rebounds in this game against Minnesota. Nine of them were offensive. Yeah, it works, right? Get guys a little bit out of position, and a big man who's a skilled rebounder, Valanciunas is, Zion is, is going to be able to eat those boards up and give New Orleans easy putbacks. And for a team that struggled offensively at times, in the half court, right, their transition offenses look pretty bad. Anything that gives you easier shot attempts, I am going to be all for their offensive rating is 25th this year. Take those easy things. They're called Kobe assists. You miss the shot, but your guy gets the board, puts it right back in. That's what uh, Devontae Graham is kind of capable of doing if that mid-range game keeps it up. And the guy who's the big benefit of that is Valanciunas. And that's who we're going to talk about coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Do you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? And look... They're the best tasting protein bar out there, and I eat one of these things pretty much every single day for lunch. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about which ones they love the most. I love, love the mint brownie. It t basically tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream, except it's a protein bar. It's healthy. 
And it ta- it's so good. Like, you don't need to be miserable eating a protein bar. You may as well eat the one that's the best tasting that's also incredibly healthy for you. Whether you like the cookies and cream, the strawberry, the salted caramel, the double chocolate, all of them are great. And if you want to discover which one is your favorite, you can get a mix box where you're going to get two of each of the nine different flavors. And not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, so you're not wasting all that cardio that you just did. Only four to five grams sugar, only four to five grams net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And they have limited timed flavors. I love the churro puff bars that they have, the coconut brownie chunk that I don't get how they make these things good for you, but they are. They taste that good. They're like a candy bar. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms five days a week and no one else coming to you like that and yes it's a home game tonight in the smoothie king center against the atlanta hawks i will be there i'm excited to watch trey young play and see how this team responds and we're going to break it all down for you in tomorrow's show but i want to talk a little bit more about valchunas and the rebounding because this is big I think, like literally, that's no pun intended, but his rebounding is an important thing for New Orleans. I just said he's getting a lot of putback opportunities, most in the league right now, and he's one of the better offensive rebounders in the league right now. When you look at the numbers of players that are playing over 20 minutes per game, he's coming in at one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. There we go, seventh in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. He's grabbing 11.5% of all rebounding opportunities and making them offensive boards. It's a really, really good number. It's giving New Orleans a lot of second chance points, a lot of second chance opportunities. And when your offense is struggling because you don't have Zion, and we've seen that, right? Take take the second chance opportunities. Don't have empty possessions. At least get another chance to score. And he's doing that. And he's he's one of the tops in the league when it comes to offensive rebounds per game. He's going to have a ton of opportunities to be able to do this. And it's nice to see him taking advantage of it. I'm pulling up the numbers right now to see. I can't remember what his offensive rebounds per game are, but they're high. Um, it's four and a half per game. Where'd the, where'd the numbers go? It's four and a half per game, and it puts him fifth in the league. They need someone like this to make the offense easier. And it's why... You can run him with the second unit. New Orleans has started to do this. You really started to see it in Monday's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves where he anchored a second unit. It was him, Herb Jones, Garrett Temple, Trey Murphy, and Jackson Hayes to a certain degree as well out there. Um, and those, well, it was so it was Herb Jones, Valanciunas, Kyra Lewis Jr., Garrett Temple, and Trey Murphy. So you put a shooter out there. You put a defender out there. You have Garrett Temple to try and kind of settle down the offense. You play somewhat, you know, small, I guess, to a certain degree, but it's more of a conventional lineup. And it worked. Again, second chance opportunities. Kyra Lewis Jr. is missing shots, right? Garrett Temple isn't who you want playing significant minutes, but you have a shooter in Trey Murphy who is able to nail some threes. And when these guys miss, Valanciunas can get the offense board and just try and do some work and you're spacing the court a little bit for him too and you have just enough defense out there with Herb Jones and that lineup was plus six in the game the other night it worked and it's nice to see that he's able to kind of balance that second unit a little bit when some of these guys like like Kyra Lewis Jr. is really really struggling Garrett Temple should not be getting a ton of minutes in the NBA at this point, kind of coming in at the end of first and third quarters to really just kind of spell some guys, maybe playing to the start of the fourth, and that's about it. 
But if you can make it work with him out there, I feel a little bit more comfortable with the way things could go for this team because they've struggled to generate some bench points. But if you anchor a second unit and just let Valanciunas do the work there, I don't care if it's a bench that scoring as long as it's him scoring with the bench guys and giving them a positive plus minus on the evening and in wins. That's what he did last night. And so I thought it went really well. There's a couple of kinks to work out with it. Maybe it's not Garrett Temple. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe you need a guy like Najee Marshall in there instead of Temple or Kyra Lewis Jr., depending on who's going to kind of be your ball handler. But I think you have some options and it's shown it could work and you started to see Willie Green's rotations get a little bit better. And part of that is seeing the offensive rebounding from Valanciunas and knowing that it works with the second unit somewhat well and kind of mitigate some of the damage that those guys can cause because they haven't been great. I'm cool with that. It also means that things get a little bit easier when Zion Williamson's back there out on the court. I think Devontae Graham is going to be able to space the court for him with that mid-range game becoming a credible threat. I'm curious about the idea of Zion with Herb Jones and what that means for him defensively and this team defensively. And can you keep him out there more if Zion's going to be scoring at the rate that he did last year? Despite the 1-3 in three start you know, and what's going to be a tough game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks and maybe a likely loss, I'm kind of optimistic about the team right now, seeing how they've progressed from game one to game four. Now we'll see tonight how they progress in game five. So I'm looking forward to this one. I hope you are too, and I'll be in the Smoothie King Center for it, and I cannot wait. Also, Trey Young's a really fun player. So like, I love basketball. Sometimes it's just really a simple thing to go out and enjoy these guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, make Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Uh, every single day free and five days a week for y'all we'll be back tomorrow to break down everything from the game with the Atlanta Hawks and now make your second listen locked on fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd has the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet it's free and available on all platforms as always I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and I'll be back with you all tomorrow